0: say hello to everybody. And I am certain that this episode of Talk With Me will be one that you're very glad that you listened to because it's about something that we all need to stay in touch with. As I say to people, sometimes you have to borrow it from somebody, but you got to have it. And I'm going to let my guest say what that it is, because today's Talk With Me is with Diane Silver, who is, you're known for all kinds of writing and <laughs> activism. And when I think about you know, all these different things over the, the years that you've been involved with and, and writing as a way to bring that to people, just as speaking is and other things. Yeah. And so you've got a huge new project that is so timely. And I'm going to turn it to you to say... What are we talking about on top with me today? <laughs> well, we're talking, we're talking about the topic
1: of hope. Yes. And this is based on my new book, Your Daily Shot of Hope, uh-huh. which is meditations for an age of despair. Uh-huh. And um, I, uh, this is a book that came out at the end of January. I decided to self-publish it uh-huh. because um, I. Um, I hate to admit it, that when Donald Trump was elected president, I fell into a little bit of despair. Yes. And the first thing I thought of right afterwards was, um, we all need a daily shot of hope, kind of like a daily vitamin pill for the spirit. Yes. And so I found myself sitting at my computer writing a book proposal to send to a publisher. And then I went, what am I doing? It, It takes a minimum of a year for a regular publisher to publish a book, which is fine and good, Uh but not when you need the Shots of Hope immediately. So I knew I had the book already prepared. I'd already been working on a book of meditations on love. So um, I had wrote some new ones and I modified some old ones and I put in some of the ones that I'd already written. And um, so, I just knew it needed to be published immediately and I'd never self published before. And um, we were able to get it out by about a week after the inauguration, which I thought was pretty wow. good timing Yeah. through the help of a whole bunch of people who uh, were very kind, an amazing artist who did the cover, Lynn Bauer. Thank you, Lynn, a wonderful copy editor, Janet Major, and some other folks uh-huh. who helped us get that out instantaneously because we needed our daily shots of hope.
0: Yes. Absolutely, you know, in all kinds of different ways. Some of it is, is words, some of it is things that we need to do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, and this is a book that is based on the idea of hope for, uh, it immediately came to mind for uh, the political situation, but also personal. Yes. If you're struggling a little bit in your personal life, yeah. I'm hoping that these, you um, uh, meditations will help there's uh and this is volume one in large part because i was trying to get it out really fast uh-huh. so this is a medit 93 meditations one a day for um a quarter of the year for a little more than a quarter wanted to make certain that you could do one a day uh-huh. and i actually came up with this idea years ago i had happened upon a, upon a wonderful book called 365 dao t-a-o which is uh every day for one day for a year, you have, um, a discussion of something from the Tao say, Sing, which I'm saying wrong, I know. And, um, and it, it just short little thing on each page and it changed my life. I read one a day oh, wow. for a year, about 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. So I've had an idea to do daily meditations for a while. And then when all of the most recent stuff came down, I thought, oh, we gotta talk about hope.
0: Yeah, in lots of ways. It's an interesting concept to me too, that the daily part of it, you know, and I know there there are different kinds of things for like the the year after grieving, and so there'll be a calendar Mm -hmm. and and some Mm -hmm. thought, and and that reminder that it is an ongoing process. It's not something that just is gonna stop. Mm -hmm. I have a friend, Stacy Lamb, who's an artist, and she Mm -hmm. does these things called countdown cards. And so it started because a friend of hers was getting cancer treatment. And, mm-hmm. and Stacy did this just for her friend, mm-hmm. who created these images and words and brought in a little clothes clothesline and little teeny clothespins. And they did this in her friend's um, hospital room. And yeah. the doctor, the main doctor, was so enthralled with this. said, how can I get these? I'd love to get these to patients. Uh-huh. And it started, Stacy on the same kind of things. You know, self-publishing uh-huh. these countdown cards with different themes. And it's so meaningful for people to have something to latch on to. Sometimes we yeah. can have our own. You know, and, and I think one of the things for me about the election and the results is some of it, and there's a part of me that I start to say, for women, for people of color, for, and I don't want to, I don't want to say men aren't in affected in this way too, because a lot of men have had harsh experiences too. But, but the the tone of the campaign, the tone of this yeah. person and this set of people that he builds around him, resonates unfortunately with a lot of us and abusive and violent experiences yes. that we've had. So yes. it's, it's not just, I'm not happy that this is my country's president. It's that it's triggering is something that a lot of people might say. And so the more mm-hmm. things we can do to stay grounded in, wait a minute, there is goodness in the world. There's goodness in me There's mm-hmm. goodness in people I care about that's, that's important stuff.
1: Oh yeah, well I felt very triggered by the campaign. I, I had a little bit of a rough childhood as a lot of us did. And um I remember watching the second debate and I walked out of there first I felt like I needed to take a shower. But also I felt very triggered. Yeah, very hijacked emotionally. Yeah. And it took me days to realize that it was the way that uh, what what Trump said, his tone of voice, and the way he was stalking Hillary yes. Clinton around the stage, it was like, my God, it was like my abusive father. Uh-huh. It was exactly like that. And um, so I, oof, yeah. It felt very triggering, and that's another reason why I think daily meditations is a good idea. Mm -hmm. They came out kind of as little poems, Mm -hmm. but the idea is to focus on um, feeling, well, and, and some of this, to interrupt myself, comes from my experience as a child uh, dealing in an abusive situation. And so every day, I realize now looking back, every day I faced the question of how do I survive? How do I find the courage to go on? Mm-hmm. And I found some things that work better than others. And one of the things that worked was to every day focus on something. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was doing Mindfulness focus on the beauty of the sky
0: mm-hmm.
1: focus on uh the beauty of a bit of water even if it's just a pond a, you know a pond caused by rain in a parking lot mm-hmm. um focus on uh, smell, sounds um, that ground you. Um, I am very blessed right now to be involved in the lives of my partner's uh, two grandchildren. One is uh, four and the other one is turning two in April. Uh-huh. Oh, they are so wonderful. And um, they show up in two of the meditations uh, because they are just so alive. And so now uh-huh. that you just are immediately mindful you're immediately in the moment when you're with a, a child yeah. who's, whose you know, most immediate um, issue is finding the green ball. And, and the day after the election, I will never forget one of these delightful child children who's 18 months old at the time made up a dance and a song about the green ball, green uh-huh. ball, green ball. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay, I can live now. <laughs> okay. Green ball song, green ball dance. We are fine. <laughs> So that's a, lot of, yeah. that's a lot of what I tried to do. That's I worked amazing. on doing in the book was to bring us into the here and now, as well as exploring what does it mean to have hope?
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of us, and I've thought at times, that it's naive to have hope, that you're not um, looking at the world as it really is. But um, as I've gotten a bit older, I've realized that hope isn't weak. Hope is strong hope is faith and there's nothing naive about it the kind of hope that i talk about in the book that these meditations talk about is very nitty-gritty very real Uh it acknowledges pain it acknowledges grief but it also says there's something else and that and that you can get to that something else by acknowledging your pain and grief and that uh, you can look at your challenge and see there's a challenge and then thumb your nose at it That's Isn't that what we do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's the nose thumbing. That's wonderful.
0: You know, and, and everything you're saying so resonates with you know my life work in suicide prevention, yeah. suicide bereavement, and working with kids who are transgender mm-hmm. and nonconforming. All these things that are they're difficult. And and my my core belief in that work is not make people stay alive. It's help people know how to get to that life that's really worth living. Yeah, You know, help them learn some tools that mm-hmm. they don't have. And daily meditations, mindfulness activities. You know, it, it, last night at this very place where we're, this very table where we're talking to do the radio show mm-hmm. was um, a meeting of a group that I do for people who've attempted suicide. And mm-hmm. we were talking in the same way. You know, one, one person, we are talking about you know, sort of what what do you need to do sometimes when you're flooded with these feelings and mm-hmm. thoughts? And somebody said, "Well, I remember something I was taught a long time ago." And the who, what, when, where, what—it's like, "What? Okay, well, slow down. What did you say?" <laughs> you know, like, I, I remember who yeah. I am. I say my name. You know, what I'm doing right now. Where mm-hmm. am I right now? Feeling the chair under my butt. You know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. You know, when is it? It's this day, this night, this time. You know, mm-hmm. why am I here? You know, and and slowing down and getting immersed. You know, and and literally, that's part of stopping some of that that mm-hmm. stuff that just takes us to a darker and darker place, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and somebody else said, you know, I used to just shun everything that says mindfulness because I just it just didn't make sense to me. I just didn't think it could work. But you know what? Now those articles you're posted on Staying Alive, this one on <laughs> mindfulness, I really started doing the breathing thing. And I started, <laughs> we, we need those nudges from other people, you know?
1: Yeah, I need them. Actually, sometimes I have to pick up and read what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they go okay. Yeah, oh yeah, I feel better now. Yeah. yeah, and writing the book, of course, writing the meditations is absolutely wonderful, and working on the second volume that that puts me right in the right place because I, I work on honing, writing, and rewriting. Even though they're short, they get rewritten a lot, um, so that I'm as clear and as vivid as possible in uh, the images. Uh, not all of them are like this, but some of them are very much sensory images, smell, taste, feeling, a lot of feeling, uh, sight. Uh, One of the very first meditations talks about looking up at the sky. That's one of the things I did as a child, no matter where I was. I do it all the time now. Yeah, well, now I still do it, but it was one of the first things I discovered when I was little, no matter what happened, where I was, the sky was always there. Even whether it was blue or gray Uh or bright or dark, there was something gorgeous in it, uh-huh. something, something absolutely stunning. And I was like, oh, just takes you right out yes. of, of being, you kind of get, it's like a black hole sometimes yeah. emotionally. You get sucked into this uh, black hole and it's difficult to get out of it. That's why, you know, like the sky, a sound, um, a smell, Sounds and smells are very evocative. Mm -hmm. Um, When you, I I dabble in fiction writing. I don't think I'm very good at it yet. But one of the things that fiction teachers will talk about is that, you know, when we write fiction, we tend to dead end on visual, describing things. But it's actually sounds and smells that are actually more evocative of emotion than the visual is sometimes. Sounds, smells, and uh, feelings. Temperature um the feeling of water yeah. the feeling of uh, uh a wave splashing on your feet well and like when you say
0: those okay so this is a bereavement group this week mm-hmm. two people talked about how one young woman whose father died just this past summer how she has a <coughs> bottle of his cologne in her apartment, mm-hmm. and and smelling that cologne is a positive connection mm-hmm. to her dad and yeah. another man who lost his wife said yeah i have perfume from my my wife who died and yeah i need to smell her sometimes you know it's a very positive connection yeah
1: yeah actually in method acting they call that memory of emotion there's a russian uh i believe who uh wrote about this first he talked about uh um how as an actor you could connect to an emotion by for example if um your father told you that he he and your mother were getting divorced he they took you out to have ice cream uh-huh. the taste of chocolate ice cream can bring back that emotion if you had yeah. chocolate ice cream that day yeah. so to get back to that emotion you think about chocolate ice cream yeah. if you're an actor well as a writing meditations on hope what i'm attempting to do is get the uh, put on the page the the things that uh, the sensory images that will connect help connect the reader to their feelings of hope and love both of those hope and love and the other thing that disturbs me about what's going on is that um a lot of the current political rhetoric we hear is so based on fear Mm -hmm. it's based on riling up our most fearful most uh, terrified it's it's based on triggering us to go to the places that are painful in us and um that's actually a tried and true political um strategy and it's destructive it's destructive to a country and it's destructive to individuals Mm -hmm. so my hope is that these meditations can help a little bit in pointing people towards at least for a few minutes each day i feel Mm -hmm. something different Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that's so important, you know, that acknowledging at least some part of the day that you mm-hmm. did feel different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets to be more than just a little part of the day. But we, as as my friend Beth would say, you've got to keep your blinders open, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, because I remember I don't remember whose quote it was, but but a long time ago, a quote that was I think I think the sequence of it is you can only see what you believe. in. You know? Yeah, and if you think everything is dark and that's your yeah. premise, you're not going to notice that beauty. So you need sometimes a friend to, to nudge you. And go wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's talk about this day. You're mm-hmm. saying this whole day, this whole week, this whole since January first has been horrible. Let's talk about that. What mm-hmm. about this? You know, and sometimes people need some prompts. Sometimes people are in such a dark place. They can't really get to that, but somebody can help them get there. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can't break through on their own sometimes. And and a book. Well, gifted can be something, and that's like. So I wonder, did you look at today's meditation? Because I did, and you know, mm-hmm. it could be a, a, a way to connect with somebody in your own life that really needs that too. That mm-hmm. could be I mean, I am seriously thinking about you know just how how powerful that stuff is because again, I see it in in my social work practice. Mm, yeah. we, we've got to have those connections, and we've got to have ways that make sense to us to get there. And even though the word mindfulness didn't work for that person until fairly recently, Mm -hmm. you know, she came came around in a big way, you know, and it totally fit with the, you know, I'm thinking about where I am and what I'm doing kind of thing Mm -hmm. that somebody else was saying. For me, it's like, I I need to get out. Like when you said, as a child, you know, this guy's like, how cool is that? I didn't, I don't know how I got through childhood, honestly, but I know that as an adult, I love taking little walks in, mm-hmm. a, in my close places. I go to the Haskell fields um, past the mm-hmm. campus buildings, take a bow, my dog, walk. And and for me, it's a lot about hearing the birds, you know, mm-hmm. and looking at how the vegetation changes and the smell, like, I, you know, when it's rain, the wet earth. Oh, you know, yeah. Those kinds of things. And and really just be in there, and when it's warm enough, I'm kind of a nut about walking barefoot because I love feeling the ground because uh-huh. it's the cross country paths are they're mostly grassy, uh-huh. you know. So just really being in touch with what's gone. as I say. I don't eat anything out there, even though there are little things that might be fruits. I like, I'm not gonna. I don't know what's <laughs> safe and what's not. I'm not going there. But but smelling it and feeling the feeling that's the air, the the temperatures, all those things, to me, that's really healing. And and I almost always take pictures of the sky. Sometimes I take pictures of the plants, but but I had, and yesterday some out there and and it's like that cloud looks like Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> so actually if you if you look at one of my pages on Facebook, you'll see there's an Albert Einstein quote with that cloud. You may not see Albert Einstein in it, but I do. <laughs> That's all that matters.
1: <laughs> yeah, just something to the. They say a vitamin pill for the spirit every day, one a day, one vitamin a day. So right now, volume one is out.
0: Yes. The first quarter. And it's available. Um, It's
1: available through Amazon right now. I'm hoping to get it available through other other sources. You can get it either as a Kindle ebook or as a paperback.
0: Uh, I like paper personally. I love
1: paper. And you can get that. Yeah. Um, And soon I hope to have it uh, through other sources. But right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Amazon again because it was sort of like this is like instant book, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and even though I'd been working on these meditations for over a year, mm-hmm. <clears throat> actually going from oh I need to publish a book to actually publishing the book was really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're uh, slowly but surely getting the publishing part done.
0: Yeah, and and you said you're working on volume two right now. So yeah, is it, you're working is on the it realistic that you're going to have it by the fourth month of the year
1: uh we'll see and it depends (laughs) it depends a little bit on how volume one does uh financially yeah um but yeah i i could get it out in the next month or two we'll see i I need to take a look
0: at it Uh and see i'm sure it's meaningful to cycle back through and i'm being serious about that oh yeah just because you read it once and 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 there's that thing about well what if i want to go ahead what i want to to know what these are but but to savor them one a day use one a day even if you don't do it in the order that they're written it's not the point just do it get in the habit of doing
1: it yeah and I've talked to some people who have found it really the book very helpful and they've said uh, one person said well she had to read them all at once I said Uh well that's cool and and what I suggest in the introduction is whether or not you read them all at once or you read one a day is that you take one a day Uh and you Think about it. Uh-huh. Um, what I do, when I'm doing this kind of meditations is I read, do the reading, I go in a quiet place, close my eyes, if there are images involved, mm-hmm. I kind of feel, you know, oh, blue sky, I think about blue sky, or I think about water, whatever the image is, uh, apple pie, or whatever. <laughs> and um, just sit with it for a little bit. Um, if there, And think about, you know, how does this feel? And um, often there's also an intellectual concept. Okay, and so what do I do today if I live as if this were true? And one of the things that I found in myself is that it's an issue I have with affirmations. Affirmations are great, but often if you say, for me, if I say an affirmation and I don't believe it, it's not going to do any good, but prove (laughs) to me that I don't believe that. So (laughs) what is helpful to me I've found for some odd reason is to take it as a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And I think there are days when I can't see hope anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I take it as a hypothesis. If what this meditation today's reading says, if that were true, mm-hmm. what would the world look like? What would I be? How would I act? How would I feel? And then I go through the day. I'm only taking this as a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't need to prove anything. I don't even need to believe it. Just take it as a hypothesis. How would I feel? Oh, I'd feel like this. Okay, that feels kind of good. I'll feel that.
0: How would I act? What would I say? Mm-hmm.
1: I find that very helpful for the days when it feels like, ooh, there is no hope anywhere.
0: Uh-huh. So some in some other context people might say, fake it till you make it. And yes of giving it a chance, you know uh-huh. acting like that. Uh-huh. you know and, and I think sometimes that's so helpful. In a very different realm uh, this this piece that i heard about a brain scientist who, who uh, the shortened the story ended up finding out that he actually had patterns in his brain that people who are psychopaths have oh uh, yes i know that one i love that story yeah. and he didn't real and he asked people so am i and they're like yeah you are weird <laughs> you know you do these things you're cold you don't get these and he had no idea mm-hmm. until he asked and then he got coached and here are some things you could do, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't come naturally to you, Here's some mm-hmm. things you could do. And and then he experienced the difference when he was oh, able to say man. those things to to other people, say something kind to his wife, even though it didn't naturally occur to him that she might need to hear that, yeah. fan, you know, to a coworker whatever. And so he was able to get the pattern established, mm-hmm. to grease those wheels and do it, even though you know, it, it isn't something that, that he realized needed to be done because mm-hmm. his brain didn't work like that. Yeah. And I, and I want to clarify, he didn't do anything horrible to anybody. He just was one of those people who wasn't very in tune with emotion and so mm-hmm. wasn't in tune with other people's emotion either. Mm-hmm. But he learned. You know, we can learn. We can try things that are different and get to a better place with it. It's interesting. Yeah. But I, I love that idea that just take it as a hypothesis, you know, yeah. do a little thinking about what it looks like and try it and see what happens.
1: Yeah. If this were true, what would I say? What would I do? Yeah. What would I feel? Yeah. And, and then, and for some reason that helps short, short circuit the part of my brain that wants to go,
0: <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. We're not saying it's true. Yeah. If yeah. it were. Yeah. Yeah. And there may be some that people are surprised by. It's like, actually, this does make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. It is what I see. And, and might, others might go, well, this one didn't quite get it to me. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it gets me back to a lot of things I hear from artists and, and actually some some other, some really famous people have quotes about this, the idea that if you don't have any failures, if you don't have some things that you haven't succeeded at, you haven't tried enough new stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Good point. You know, So that sometimes, yeah. so you might try this one and maybe this meditation number 27 doesn't work for you quite as well. As the one that was number thirty-five,
1: mm-hmm. and that's okay. Absolutely, that yeah, yeah. Because it's it did it, different ones were different for me, and also on different days. I'll yeah. go back and I go, well, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even certain I was going to put that one in the book, or oh, I didn't like that one. And I will go <laughs> back
0: and read it three months later and go,
1: oh, I like that. Yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. sometimes the context of you know what's going on uh-huh. in the world that you're aware of at that time yeah. make a difference. And, and I love that, that kind of learning piece of, you know, just trying it and getting into the habit of doing something. I don't know when I was taking guitar lessons and different things, people say, you know, if you do something daily for a couple of weeks, you actually get into yeah. that pattern. And I know the way it works for me is that not only does it become something that is easy to do, and I'm not saying I became a great guitar player, but I mean, when you do something regularly, it, it becomes not only easier to, to do take time to do it that day, but also it's like if something goofs up your schedule and you don't get to do it when you thought you were gonna, yeah. it's like, oh wait, I need to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. it's like, wow, I just realized that. <laughs> and that's a really cool transition. Yeah. We need all the tools we can get. I mean, that's the thing. Because there is a lot of stuff that's hard for all of us for a variety of reasons. You mm-hmm. know, our histories, our current, what's going on in the world, you know, whatever, all kinds of things. And and we need tools that help us maneuver the world when there's that stuff going on. And, and I'm with you that having hope, seeing the brightness, finding some pleasure in every day is, is a really important thing. Uh-huh. You know? it, it makes us have the energy, I think, to be able to do the goodness that we wanna contribute to the world as well. Well, I see hope as fuel. Mm-hmm. It energizes
1: us. Mm-hmm. It energizes me. If you're, if you're hopeless, I, I, it doesn't work well for me. Uh-huh. And then I just want to curl into the fetal position uh-huh. and hide under the bed. Uh-huh. But um, it very much fuels. And as I was writing the introduction to this and thinking about uh, the idea of hope, um, it occurred to me how much uh, a lot of change has been based on hope, Um you know, it, it, sometimes we think, well, the hope is naive. Well, how can we not hope? Yeah. Um, look at what's happened in the past. Um, look at uh, the people without hope, we wouldn't have ever tackled slavery and ended slavery uh, in this country or anywhere else. Without hope, the women's movement would never have done what it did. Without hope, the LGBTQ rights movement yeah. would never have gotten where yeah. we are today. Yeah. And I know how that feels personally. Yeah. Because as a lesbian, I remember 10 years ago, uh, well, 2005, when we lost a vote uh, 70% to 30% in Kansas. Uh, the Kansas voters passed a ban on same sex marriage. And at that time, I remember talking to a representative of um, a staff member from the Human Rights Campaign in Washington, D.C., who came out to help us with our. Our campaign, and I remember talking to him in 2005 and saying, and he said, "Well, we're hoping that in 10 years we'll win one vote." Well, in 10 years we had won everything, uh-huh. and and but we won that because we had hope, uh-huh. because we trusted that the future would be better if we did something. Uh-huh. Now, standing back and doing nothing wasn't going to make a change. Right. But but one of the dictionary definitions of hope is trust in the future. So I think we were trusting that things would change if we took action. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be as little as coming out, which is not little at all. Still isn't little, unfortunately. But just making certain that people are aware of who we are and, yeah. and where we are, that makes a huge difference. And I think that's true in the current political situation coming out mm-hmm. from our points of view and also just anything Um coming out as a person who's grieving coming out as a person who um uh just telling the truth about our lives whatever that truth is Mm
0: -hmm. sharing our stories in different ways to me is one of those things that i know there's a personal benefit in being able to Mm -hmm. create the the language whether it's dance or music or Mm -hmm. painting or whatever there there's a process of, of clarification and Kind of being able to let go of some of the intensity and then when you share that with somebody mm-hmm. you know there's this mutual benefit and and i hear this and see this all the time um, a, a lot of the writers that i talk with on the show are poets and and many times you know people have stories about this person in the audience came up afterwards and spoke to me about how what i was sharing was her experience too and mm-hmm. how appreciative she was and how you know, she knows she's not alone because it's stuff she hadn't talked about, you know. Yeah. And I think about that, and it's not just with youth. Certainly, it's a benefit for youth who haven't been exposed to adults who are open about being some of the, the things that this this kid is, you know. Um, that's that's a, a barrier. But so when people can say, I am a teacher and I am trans. I am, you know, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a person in the world doing all these things. Oh, and I am also you know, bisexual, or I am also, you didn't know this by looking at me, but I am also biracial. I'm, you know, people talking about their experiences lets other people kind of have role models. And sometimes that mm-hmm. comes late in life. People, you know, I know that, that in my work in counseling, I talk to lots of people who coming out to themselves in their gender mm-hmm. identity mm-hmm. or sexual orientation happened pretty late in life because there were so many societal messages that that's not okay and they tried to to fight that. You know, mm-hmm. so so we need to share stories for ourselves and for the benefit of others. And it could be risky. I mean there are people who say, you know, some great stuff happened and some kind of crappy stuff happened <laughs> too. But yeah. I'm glad that I did it overall. You know? Yeah.
1: One of the things that surprised me when I started writing was the more personal I wrote, which I thought it, my story would have nothing to do with anyone else. Mm-hmm. When it got published the more personal it was, people would go, oh, that's my story. Yeah. And they would tell me details about their story, which the details were not similar at all. Uh-huh. But what we shared was perhaps uh, when I wrote an issue, uh, uh, an essay about being a widow, we shared a sense of loss, uh-huh. even though their loss was different than my loss. Uh-huh. It didn't matter. It was uh-huh. the same experience. Uh-huh. And I thought I was writing this intensely personal essay. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to, you know, reach people.
0: Yeah. And I think I remember – I don't know how many years ago. Go into a workshop with uh, Jeff Burkett who works at Wixit, at who does, does writing for them, and it was a workshop mm-hmm. on storytelling done by one of the Kansas foundations. And it made so so much sense to me because the the premise was largely that people can learn new information through stories mm-hmm. that they don't learn by being presented with data. Mm-hmm. You know, it when you when you start from this is this person's story and it and it connects people to things that maybe they didn't realize Mm -hmm. and then it's okay you can say you know and the truth is this story that i just shared about my experience is unfortunately a story that lots of people even in this room could share Mm -hmm. because that's how common this is you know and suddenly it's it's a reality it's not just a bunch of numbers i like that and i and i love just getting back we're gonna need to take a break but the the idea about hope daily connection to hope. That's that's really a powerful, wonderful thing. So we're going to take a quick break and hear from a couple of the Lawrence, Kansas businesses that sponsor lawrencehits.com. And then we'll be back with more talk with me, with Diane Silver. And we're going to talk some more about hope and how you can get there. And I always thank Daniel Smith, who produces the show, for dealing with all the tech magic. Thank you, Daniel. And we'll be right back. So welcome back. This is Talk With Me. I'm Marsha Epstein and I'm with Diane Silver and we're talking about hope and connecting to hope every day. Yes. <laughs> because it fuels you. <laughs> I love that. It is fuel. Yeah. It's a very important fuel and I think maybe you're going to share a little bit from your book. Yeah. The book is Your Daily Shot of Hope
1: and um, it's a uh, Meditations, uh, enough for one a day for a little more than three months. And um, on the eighth meditation is a little bit, uh, I think it might put some perspective on the idea of hope. So let me read it. It is, um, seek a list of synonyms for hope. And along with anticipation and 20 other words, the word endurance pops up. Of all the insane ideas, (laughs) what does endurance have to do with hope? And yet endurance is courage, fortitude, and grit, patience and perseverance, stamina and strength. Are not these qualities the foundations of hope? Courage and grit enable us to go forward, even though we're afraid. Stamina and strength give us the capacity to do so. And patience, patience means we're wise enough to know. Answers don't have to arrive in an instant. Transformation takes time.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So that's one that's uh, more of a concept than images.
0: And so that's a great one when you, you described earlier in the show about considering something as a hypothesis. So maybe mm-hmm. you're you're listening to that. And going, I'm not quite sure what this means. And to really think about carrying out your day with the if this were true, if patience and hope and all this stuff mm-hmm. is connected. But what I do right now while well, I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I'm so pissed because this guy in front of me is taken forever and I just wanted to get this milk and fruit and get out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah, a
0: little perseverance and grit and stamina, yeah. Yeah,
1: man,
0: <sighs> man, oh, man, It's funny to think, you know, and, and I would say when we're in that state where those little things bug us. We need to do some self care and getting back to those hope um, meditations is one of those things. It's like, because mm-hmm. you know, really, you know, so we're standing in line an extra five minutes, maybe it wasn't even that long, mm-hmm. you know, really is okay. It shouldn't have to be something that becomes a major disruptor in our day. And sometimes those are the kinds of things that people are complaining about, you know, this mm-hmm. stupid driver. And then I had to so long when I went to get groceries and no, 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 no really, and if we can kind of step back and remember, but you know what was really cool is when I was standing there in line, Mm -hmm. uh, I overheard this mom talking to her little kid, and she was so sweet, you know, and I was like, I can actually think about, well, if I hadn't been there extra long, I wouldn't have observed that interaction. It was really a gift to see a mom being so sweet to her kid. You know, those kinds of things happen. Yeah, when
1: I uh, find myself going down the rabbit hole into uh, despair and uh, grumpiness and uh, complaint, uh, I find that it can help turn it around by go, okay, what is the be- okay, what's the best possible spin I can put on this? What's uh-huh. the how do I transform it? How do I flip it on its mm-hmm. head? Which is a- exactly what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, let me give you another one or two here if you're interested. Yes. Um. Okay, here is uh, uh, <clears throat> Chuckling unexpectedly, leaning over, hands on knees, we fill up. Nothing is ever lost, especially laughter. If joy is only a memory, we know it will return. We are audacious in this faith.
0: Yes, laughter is so important. <laughs>
1: And the idea is
0: to try and connect
1: us with the, uh, the visceral feeling of laughter, of just just letting it go. You can't yeah. keep
0: yourself from laughing. Yes. And that's sometimes where being places where little children are can be delightful.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Do they bring you into the here and now, remind you what's really important? Yes. Yes. Just, oh, sometimes just hearing those little kids laugh. Yes. And then you can't help but laugh back, and then they <laughs> laugh more, and then yeah. you laugh more, and then they laugh more. <laughs> just, it's just, yeah. true. true. I think we could, uh, I think if we just played the soundtrack of uh, children laughing, I think we would uh, bring world peace. Uh-huh. Or at least uh, a lot more, uh, a lot more joy uh, to things. Yes. Uh, Here's another one that's a little more visible. In this moment, hope is in the sounds around us. The mutter of tree branches outside. The scrape of a chair on the kitchen floor. The sizzle and snap of bacon. So, again, trying to get you in the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: And then just one more. This is one that I wrote specifically right after the election (laughs) for political thoughts. Hope, 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 stupid hope. Abandon all of it, we're told. They say we're too weak and they're too strong. They say we're too young or too old or that their lies outweigh our knowing. The world has changed, they shout. Give up, go home, just die. Really? You think so? I don't. I am bold in my hope, angry even, willing to do what I must. Very good. Just some different, different approaches. Talk about hope, you know, and the idea that faith, I think faith is very important in our daily life. And faith can be faith in God, which is the way that our culture traditionally thinks of it. And if that works for you, that's wonderful, embrace that. But it doesn't have to be faith in God. It can be faith that the sun's rising tomorrow. Right. It can be faith that bacon will sizzle and snap. (laughs) It can be faith that um, a flower is going to be beautiful, a child's going to giggle, Uh, anything. It can lead us to hope and and help energize us to live our lives in a positive way.
0: Yeah, we have those things that are important to to believe in and sustain us. And to me, they they relate back to that theme early on that I mentioned in my own work, that that idea that that life is worth living. You have to be able to see it and you have to be able to get there. You have to get through some hard stuff sometimes, Mm -hmm. really hard stuff. But but these meditations can be one of those tools uh-huh. that break that pattern of just keeping the blinders on that only show the negativity in the world. Uh-huh. You know? And and I don't know if this is like related to your meditations, but certainly daily things of limiting our exposure to things that are just too difficult uh-huh. to be immersed in. You know, uh-huh. that's that's a, a real. Issue for people with their social media, their, oh. you know, their their news. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people who my habit for so long has been turn on KPR in the morning. Yeah, and and hear news. It's like sometimes that's something I can handle, and sometimes there's there's too much that you know I, I can't I can't do that. You know, I I resent that that newspapers have to be full of things um, that relate to this administration because sometimes I just wanted to, I don't know, I, like like <laughs> the New York Times. This is this is one of my Monday things. Monday New York Times has this little um, thing called Metropolitan Diary. Mm. People send in these little stories, mm-hmm. these sweet little stories about things that mm-hmm. happen between them and the fruit vendor that they walk by. <laughs> they come out of the subway or whatever, and it's like I love that. It's yeah. not it's nothing political. It's you know it's just one of those things I can count on on Mondays. <laughs>
1: Well the, the New York, The New York Times again has started another uh, regular feature where they have uh, stories don't that don't have anything to do with politics so they, they'll give you a collection of links to all these different stories that have to do with and some you know some of them are just non-political and some yeah. of them are fun and yeah. it's like okay, today I can't handle politics. Yeah. I will go look at that yes.
0: Yes, and we need those things.
1: Yeah, and the other thing, for me, I am somewhat of a political junkie, and so um, I have a little higher tolerance for it than some people do. But I've also found that cable news is bad for my health and that reading things in the newspaper is a good thing. So I subscribe to The Washington Post and The New York Times, and I read them online. Uh, The New York Times also has a good um, podcast that comes out every day now called The Daily sound like they should pay me a commission um but it's very calm they talk about various issues and it's i find that if i go to something that's in print or something that's very calm um uh as opposed to they're they're trying to go in depth in an issue in their podcast and not ramp up its motion a lot of what the cable news is trying to do is to gain eyeballs and make money through making you afraid even if it's from a progressive point of view, afraid. I mean, I, I can't handle that any more than I can handle the give from the alt right, the right wing white nationalist view of afraid. Right. Yeah, and I need to be able to live and I function better, and I'm a more effective um, political activist when I have hope. Right. That's the thing that I think people miss. I think they, they, they see it as naive. They see it as foolish. Oh, no. I am so much better when I have hope. I do yeah. so much more work.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and I think you, know, you summed that up earlier, Sandy. that hope is fuel. Yes. And we need fuel to do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, believing that we are unable to have any impact oh. is a terrible place to live.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's emotionally destructive to us as individual human beings. I think it's one of the things when people talk about how destructive a regular job can be. Um, if a job is one where you have no control over your hours, no control over your work, then you you just feel kind of worthless and and powerless and hopeless. And those are the kind of jobs that destroy souls. Well, what what about that in your daily life? If that's what you think your life is or your impact on the world is, you're not going to be able to I mean it's just and that's no way to live
0: yeah
1: and it's not true either good point that's the other thing that I just can't emphasize more I've spent a lot of my life first uh, my first professional job uh were as as a uh, news as a wire service reporter in Detroit and then I moved out to Kansas and became a political reporter for the Wichita Eagle then I worked in politics and also I mean. I worked on gay rights in Kansas. Come on, in Broadway, Kansas, starting in the (laughs) eighties. Talk about hopeless, and yet it wasn't right. You know, it didn't come the way I thought. Yeah, and I think that's another thing we have to keep in mind that um, we may not, we don't have to know exactly how things will happen. Uh We just know that they're going to get there, and so we take whatever action we can, and it's not necessary for each one of us to solve everything in the world today Mm -hmm. or even tomorrow or even in our whole lifetime i have to remind myself of this one Mm -hmm. it's it's important to know what can i do today Mm -hmm. and maybe what i do today is binge watch old star trek reruns and i am taking care of myself
0: And maybe what I do today is when I go to the Mediterranean market to buy Thomas, I ask the guy at the dinner, you know, how how are you? How is the world treating you? You know, and I say that in that sometimes the things we do are going to be those one to one things. And they're so important. Yes. And they're so valuable. And so for people who are thinking, I don't have the courage to do X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. but you have the courage to be kind to somebody. Yes. And that's a huge gift.
1: Well, and um, as someone who's been involved in politics a lot, if, you're, if your issue that you want to work on is political and you feel like you can't knock on doors or you don't want to knock on doors, you don't want to make phone calls, you can give money. Mm-hmm. To help finance the people who will knock on doors and make phone calls, mm-hmm. um, you can stand up and talk to your friends. You can make certain you're registered to vote and vote and vote in local elections. Yes, vote in the that this is we have a lot of impact in local elections. A lot of local elections in Kansas they'll be um, they'll be determined by ten votes. There was one a while back where they had to flip a coin because it was uh, tied. So one vote would have flipped that election. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, your vote matters. Yeah,
0: yeah. And local, like you're saying, local, that's where yeah, it all starts.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking to people and being and making certain I'm find my, finding myself uh, feeling like I have a great responsibility as a white person and as a white woman to um, uh, smile at people, to say hello, to ask them how they're doing, but just to do anything I can. For anyone who uh, doesn't fit the white mode and is under attack by the white nationalist in office right now, to um, let them know I'm here, I'm standing with you. Um, anything at all that can help yeah. to show that, and just to just to have that personal connection. I know how important it was for me mm-hmm. as a as a lesbian years ago um, to. And I came out in 1979, about ten years after Stonewall, um, which was is kind of dated as the start of the modern LGBT rights movement. Um, And just to have someone say that they were on my side, Mm -hmm. uh, just to know that someone wasn't going to try and physically hurt me, Mm -hmm. um, that made a huge difference. And then later on when the rainbow flag became kind of a symbol, to see a little rainbow flag on a business window was everything, Uh meant everything. Uh Just to go, okay, I can breathe here. Yeah. 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 That's all. And, and so I'm taking that now, like you were saying, and going to people and going, okay, I know how I felt. It's time for me to step up. Uh-huh. And it's also time for me to step up. I feel, okay, I'm turning 65 in a month. Woo! And um, as a, an older white woman, um, if I see an issue going on with uh, a person of color, I have to go stand with them. Yes. I don't care what happens to me. If I can stand there as somebody's grandmother, somebody's mother, and go, okay, you are, and, and as kindly as to everyone involved as possible, it is my responsibility as an older white woman to be there.
0: Interesting. And that doesn't mean it only falls onto older white women. No. <laughs> just, no, just it just falls on reminding all of us. our listeners. <laughs> it falls on we all of us. All but that. That idea of standing with someone as opposed mm-hmm. to standing by and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And, but you, if you're going to do that, you have to be as calm as possible, be as centered, as emotionally centered as possible. If you can't do that, whether you're in getting towards retirement age, white woman or someone else, if you're not in that split space, that space of being hopeful, being emotionally centered, then the best thing to do is to call for help mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah. Because I know that there are days when all I would do is make things worse because I'm rather grumpy or upset or something. <laughs> I haven't been doing my daily meditation yeah. on hope. We all have our moments, or if, if something bad has happened, you know, or yeah.
0: something that I've taken yeah. negatively. Yeah, We have to be prepared point, to be calm, to be able to stand with people. And I know a little suggestion, and I don't remember where I where I read that, but was um, the idea that if you observe something between people that looks like it's not safe for one of them, to be able to approach the person who's the one who seems to be not safe, mm-hmm. not even look at the other person, but actually approach the person who seems to be at risk, and ask something like, Would it be helpful with you if I walked you to where you're going and just to to make some kind of contact and see what kind of response there is?
1: Yeah, I also read something else online that I thought was very helpful. If someone is actively harassing so- at someone else, uh, to go up to the person who's being harassed and, um, oh hi, how you doing? I meant to give you that book, or you know, nice. what a great sweater, and just engage them in a non something uh-huh. that has nothing to uh-huh. do with what's going on, and just get them out of there. Uh-huh. I thought that was an interesting approach. Yeah. Haven't tried it yet. Yeah. The
0: uh, idea of engaging, not trying to tell the person you're bad, you're doing this terrible of mm-hmm. thing, but trying to see you know what the other person is is able to are they able to engage with us and if we see something that's like you said before maybe there's sometimes when we have to call for help you know, mm-hmm. and, and we can walk away and do that mm-hmm. and ask for somebody to from the police department the ambulance whatever it is so it seems mm-hmm. we need it to help yeah so getting back to hope but I mean, part, of that, but part of that is is saying okay we all have that ability to be kind, to be sensitive, yes. be aware of people around us, and sometimes we're going to have had a harder moment, and, and we don't know quite what to do when we mm-hmm. get that. You know, nobody is a superhero amongst us for real. No. Yeah. You know? But there are times when we can make a difference, and, and we all have that opportunity. And mm-hmm. as you have started and said, you know, and I have emphasized, that idea that hope is the fuel mm-hmm. that that lets us move forward in that mm-hmm. way.
1: And hope is tough. You know, there's somebody who was recently president who wrote a book called The Audacity of Hope. Uh. It's really audacious to have hope. I mean, um, this idea that I guess I grew up with that hope was weak. Oh, contraire.
0: Yeah.
1: Contraire. It is is the people who, you know, hope is strong. Uh Uh-huh. Hope is having faith, and hope is acting on that faith, and hope is knowing you are not powerless. Uh Uh-huh. And hope is going forward even though you don't know how it's going to work out. Uh Um, It's like I was talking to someone yesterday who was talking about how they felt like they weren't courageous. Well, huh, courage is going forward when you're scared to death. Uh If you're not scared to death, you don't need any friggin' courage. Yeah. Um, And hope, hope is moving forward. Hope is knowing there's something to believe in even when you can't necessarily see it. Uh Uh-huh. You don't, you don't, I don't know what steps, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. Take one step forward and like you were saying, be kind to someone. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Be there for them personally.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, There was a situation that er, uh, arose recently uh, that was reported on in a newspaper about how uh, this fellow who was an immigrant was a... um, uh, from Central America, he was a pillar of the community. Uh, did you see that? A yes. small town. Was this in Illinois? I think it was in Illinois. Yeah, he he runs a restaurant there, and so he was picked up by the police, that uh, by the um, immigration agents, and was going to be deported. Uh, and I think I saw something today that he he's gotten a reprieve because everybody in the town almost and this was the town that voted for trump right they very much um intervened and said this guy's a pillar of our community and and the things i wish i could be as good as this guy (laughs) when i was hearing what they were saying about him i wish i could be that kind and wise and do that much yeah now i don't know the details maybe i've missed it but um and i just saw a headline it appears that maybe they've had some impact just by standing up for a friend can you imagine what would happen in this country if we do nothing more than stand up to or for our neighbors?
0: Uh-huh.
1: No, you you can't. You can't treat our, my neighbor like this. Uh-huh. No, this is my neighbor. I don't even know who my neighbor is. Oh, what's your name? I'm Diane. Oh, you're John. Great. Nice to meet you. You can't treat my neighbor like this. This is my neighbor. This is the United. Who are we as a country? Yes. This is the United States of America. Yeah. And who are we as an individual people?
0: Yeah.
1: We believe in hope we're audacious we have a lot of faith and we are full of power
0: that's an important thing to remember yeah and i mean in terms of what's going on in our country and we we know that lots of people are mobilizing and doing public things as well as people doing those things that you don't know that they're in their home making their phone calls or those those other things so yeah that's a lot of power
1: I've never seen this level of activism. And I remember the anti-war movement, the Viet- anti-Vietnam movement, and it took years for that to ramp up, years. Uh-huh. what people tend to forget now. And this was like instantaneously, yes. like just add water, soup, Yeah. you know, million, three million people out on the streets. Yeah. And um, so, and, and the other thing is to know you don't have to do it all yourself and you don't have to do it all today. And it's okay to sleep in every once in a while. Yeah. And, um, To also know that it's okay whatever you need to do today Mm -hmm. Um, and that there will be things to be done in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So what kinds of things got you to this point where you recognize this is so important and some people aren't staying in contact with hope?
1: That's a pretty good question. Um, I think it was, it's been kind of an evolution, uh, starting out in a situation <laughs> where uh, my childhood was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, there was violence in the family along with love. And um, I, every day, as I said earlier, I face the question of how do I find the courage to live today? And so I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think I had enough love. I had people who loved me, Uh, my mother, um, a great uncle who came in, just a brilliant guy and kind of saw me for who who I was. I think I maybe hung out with my great uncle, Tony, for maybe eh, a total of a whole week. Uh I scattered over a couple of years, but he made an enormous difference in my life just Uh because he was a loving, hopeful person. Uh, And he saw me for who I am. Uh And um, and then I have to admit I've gone through some other hardships, what I think you know helped me learn. I did a lot of therapy to help me deal with the childhood stuff, and that's one of the things that I want to mention too. That I put into these meditations, not all of them, but there are a couple in there that talk about it's okay to be fearful, it's okay to look at your fear, it's okay to you know go in the fetal position every once in a Mm -hmm. while, it's okay to cry, and and that how do you how do you deal with your fears? Well, I think. for me, the best way to deal with them has been to look at them. Mm-hmm. Not every day, not all the time. It's one thing therapists taught me: do it in a, you know, certain amount of time, um, for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, face the painful stuff, and then, and cry whatever I need to. You can never cry for too long because the body physically stops you from <laughs> crying. It's like well, I can't breathe, so you'll stop crying, and um, and then it, you feel better. Uh-huh. It's like taking a great pill. Yeah. And um, uh, to to accept all life's feelings, uh-huh. and that's helped me learn to survive. Yes. To do that, yes. And uh, I guess that's how I've
0: yeah. gotten here. Cool. <laughs> and and people have the opportunity to purchase this book. You tell them again the name and how they find it.
1: Uh, if you go to Amazon.com right now, it's only available on Amazon. Hopefully soon it will be available other places, but you can get it as a Kindle ebook or as a paperback and just go to Amazon and uh, search for your daily shot of hope. Uh-huh. You can also go to my uh, publishing website, which is hopeandpolitics.com and there's a link to the Kindle version up there. I can uh-huh. put a link to the paperback, but and also a link to your podcast so that they can go and uh, download Downloaded it on iTunes and Google Play.
0: And if this didn't make you want to connect with hope, I'm surprised. <laughs> I think it did. And I know that having the book will be a good thing for so many people. Sometimes thank we you. just need it right there in writing, and we need that habit of every day we're going to connect to hope. Absolutely. Yeah. So Diane Zilworth, thank you so much. Marcia Epstein, thank you. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Thank you. And listeners, thanks for listening, and I hope that some of you go out and search for that book, because that's what I'm going to do, and so long.